Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Mind Soulful Show, where mindfulness meets heart and soul. We talk about all things soulful, mindfulness, mindset, and manifestation. Today, you're in for a treat. I have with me Sharon Kirsten coming all the way from Australia to really talk to us about soul purpose, um, how we as women kind of encounter this good girl syndrome. I know you all have heard me talk about that before, how we condition ourselves into our lives and different ways that we can break free and really become aligned with what our soul is called here to do. We also touched upon our divine um, feminine and masculine energy, self-love, and so much more. Tune in for a great show. Welcome to the Mind Soulful Show, where mindfulness meets your heart and soul. I'm your host, Brooke Sidney. I'm an abundance accelerator, mind soulful mentor, and an inner voice and soul story coach. This show dives deep into soulful mindfulness, mindset, and manifestation. It will help you manifest more inner and outer abundance in the form of greater self-love, hearing your inner voice, as well as more presence, freedom, ease, and greater self-confidence in you being you. So if you're looking to learn more about the high vibe tools of mindfulness, mindset, and manifestation to love the life you are presently living, you are tuned into the right show. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Mind Soulful Show, where mindfulness meets heart and soul. We talk all things soulful, mindfulness, mindset, and manifestation. Today, I'm so excited to bring to you a guest all the way from Australia. Her name is Sharon Kirsten. She is the best-selling author of The Answers Within, Creator and Soul Messenger. She helps women reconnect with their soul, step back into their feminine power, and align with their true purpose in life. This way, they can express their soul gifts and impact the world while creating aligned abundance in their life. She's a certified master coach, NLP, and Theta Healing Practitioner. Sharon has a background in online business, having helped build the most successful e-commerce startup in Europe, ranking number five in the Wall Street Journal's Billion Dollar Startup Club. Despite her success, the corporate hustle left her feeling unfulfilled, while her inner calling to awaken others to their full potential got louder. In search for answers, she experienced an out-of-body awakening in meditation in the Himalayas, where she received the message, you created this life, you can create differently. Wow, that's so powerful. Now she's on a mission to share her innovative expertise on how you can transform your life and business from within. Welcome, welcome, Sharon. Thank you so much for coming on the show. So excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. So I'd love for you to say a little bit about yourself. I know that I read the bio, but I know there's things I have to have missed. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so many things. <laughs> I don't share everything about me. In my bio. <laughs> gosh, no, I was listening to that bio right now. I'm like, wow, is, is that really me? <laughs> that sounds pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, to be honest, what can I say about myself? Um, I'm, I'm just... I think like probably many of your listeners, I've, um, I've followed what society told me to do, like pretty much when I was growing up, 
I did what my parents wanted me to do. And what they thought was right for me is to just study hard, go to college. And I got two degrees, basically one from the US and one from Germany. And I was just on this path of really like more or less achievement. Right. And I think it all comes back to this childhood um, conditioning and imprinting on how we're supposed to be and how we are right when we do certain things and how we're wrong when we do other things. And I was really being in that role of the good girl. Oh my goodness. And, you're speaking my language. Oh my yeah. And for me, like, that's what I see with many of my clients as well. You know, we have this trauma around maybe neglect, neg sorry, neglect, speak properly, Sharon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that was probably my mom talking right now <laughs> exactly that condition still there, still there. um neglect or abandonment or just even enmeshment with our parents where we take responsibility for their emotions and sometimes it's all of that and that just leaves such a strong imprint in us that we sometimes and i see this so much in women that we try to be good and good enough so that we can get love and recognition and significance through that and I would say that was definitely something that was playing the background while on the surface, I was so successful in corporate and I helped build this amazing company and I had a key role and everybody had to come to me to get something <laughs> released awesome. on the website or the app. Right. And at work, I felt so significant and I had this persona where I was just really direct and very confident and actually intimidated people. I heard this at some point that people were actually intimidated by me. Wow. And that was, I just felt good about myself, right? I was like, yeah, I'm killing it. I'm killing it here. But then I went home and it switched completely to feeling completely lost, feeling like a failure and feeling in a black hole. Mm. And what happened for me was that because of this pressure and now looking back, probably because I was really not on a good path for me, I just, you know, I dulled myself and sedated myself with addictions. And my addiction of choice was food. And I had this years, years, years long struggle around bulimia, where at work, you know, I was this persona of, I don't know, confidence. But as soon as I left, I basically, I just collapsed within myself. And I felt like an imposter in my own life. And of course, I was aware of that. And that just created so much pain within me. And this pain actually got me started on this journey of, I can't live like this. Like, this can't be it. Like, I can't be doing this for the next 40 years. I haven't had a relationship in years. I hardly see my friends because I feel so exhausted from the work week that I feel like I need to recollect my energy so that I can give more than a hundred percent on Monday again. Right. I also didn't visit my family. Well, obviously my health with that, like my body was strong, but I was, you know, just weakening myself with this habit so much. So many of the areas were just not good. Let, like, let's face it, they weren't good. But I was clinging on to this persona at work as the only thing that gave me significance. And then work life started shifting a little bit. And the startup wasn't a startup anymore. We went from 
uh, under 100 people to over 5,000 people. Oh my goodness, wow. It was a crazy ride, really. But what happened was that suddenly ego was a thing. And it wasn't about the product anymore or about speed or creativity or just like, you know, being that next big thing on the market. It was about maintenance and bureaucracy and just mm -hmm. politics. And right. that's when I was, oh my God, like this is not my forte anymore. Right. Like that's right. not fun. And that's actually what started this inner, um, well, communication around, is this it? Mm -hmm. Is this what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life? And I started reconnecting to what was always important to me, which is spirituality. And I started going to, um, you know, trainings that would teach me something about well, being psychic, because that was the thing that I really wanted to do. Um, you know, I read this book actually by someone. They said, how do you find your purpose? And one of the things was to actually look at what did you want to do as a child? Right. And I thought, well, as a child, I never had, you know, like a job description that I actually wanted. Like I never wanted to be a fireman or a doctor or something like that. What I always wanted, what I wanted was superpowers. I watched X-Men and I was like, I want to do what this guy in the wheelchair does. Like, right. that's what I want. <laughs> I want to read people's minds. I want to be like powerful and I want to manifest stuff. And yeah, I was just really into these superpowers. I'm like, how, how do I get those? And when I read that book and I remember that, I'm like, I don't know if that's really something I can do. <laughs> but funnily enough, the lady who had written that book, she gave... Um, courses which were called um, master angel life course or angel life coaching courses and i was like what what is this whole angel part about it like that is that just a brand and um i realized that she was actually talking about angels and i'm like okay that's weird what why would she talk about like angels and for me it was just this very christian um, image of what angels are i didn't really have a connection with that and i was struggling with myself like business persona saying, oh, that's bullshit. Like, that's weird. That's total hippie stuff. Mm -hmm. And the other part of me, the spiritual part of me being like, oh, but you know, we could just try it out and see. <laughs> Maybe it's fun. And so in the end, I just gave myself permission to go and check it out. And yeah, and I went and I realized, okay, angels are actually, like I could feel their presence. I couldn't really see them, but I could feel the energy in the presence. And there was such healing going on in that training that um, I actually realized she also trained us in our psychic senses. So clairvoyance and claircognizance and all of that. Like basically, you know, the things that we women do intuitively, like when we just know stuff, that's intuition, basically. But she taught about how to amplify it and how to really understand how it works and how to make it work for yourself and which way you use your gifts. And so I was like, oh my God, I'm actually using my superpowers now and I can actually read energy and I started that journey where I went on this more spiritual path of reconnecting with myself, which then led me to um, the realization that I need to reconnect with my soul because I had detoured so much um, and I had given so much to this work that I felt like I actually needed to understand who I am at a soul level. And that's when I went to the Himalayas. Oh my gosh. And that's when you had maybe, if, I think you said a out of body or an experience during a meditation? Yes. Yes. 
Oh gosh, it was, it was crazy because I mean, you can imagine that was 16 hours away from New Delhi and we got there in this, like, if you imagine a bus, it's not what you imagine right now. (laughs) 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 It was an Indian bus and everything was kind of loose on that bus and it was small and we were riding 16 hours and probably um, six hours of that in the Himalayan mountains along these wow. cliffs. And I was sitting in the window because I thought, oh, it would be so great to see the scenery until I realized, why am I looking down and I see no ground? I only see a steep fall. Like, what's happening? This is, this is intense. I was like, oh, oh my God, I got, we're going to make it. And of course, me being aware of where my focus goes, you know, I'm like, oh, let's just close my eyes and meditate. Let's, let's not focus on this. Right. <laughs> but, well, we made it. And um, so that was just the most pristine nature. It was uh, this beautiful river down in the valley, absolutely clear waters. The, the, the air was so crisp and clean. It was February, so it was kind of chilly at night, but beautiful during the day. The birds were chirping. I heard the leaves and the wind, and we were all sitting our big jumpers at 5 a.m. in the morning in the meditation room on my meditation pillow doing my Zen thing. And I was struggling because this was basically the first time over five weeks that I was doing meditation so regularly. And I mean, we were also pushing our bodies and our minds in this whole training because it went from 5 a.m. until 10 p.m. Oh, wow, that's long, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was intense. But I was sitting there and I had learned there is a monkey mind. And even though on the outside, we may be still on the inside... (laughs) everything's going totally absolutely and so I was sitting and I I just couldn't really get into it that day and I was peeking out at all the others oh my god they're all so still and they all seem so zen and I bet they're doing great and I just decided okay you know what let's just get back into it and I recommitted myself to just sitting still and going back to my mantra and my breath And just a moment later, what happened was, while at one moment I could hear the birds and the leaves and the river, suddenly it was like a light switch, just like, it just clicked and everything went mute. I was like, oh, what's happening? (laughs) What is this? And suddenly I felt pulled out of my body Mm -hmm. and this experience and it it was so surreal i had never experienced anything like this and i started seeing visions of people all around the world living different lives having different desires having different belief systems being conditioned in different ways and all living such unique lives like not one life is like the other and in that moment i got the sentence like you designed this life and you can design it differently and it just something in me energetically shifted so much because you got to understand, like I went there for actually finding that new chapter in my life because this record was playing. Is this it? Is this it? I want to actually do something that helps people. I want to do something that matters because when I die, I actually want someone on this planet to be like, Oh, you know what? Sharon died. Um, She changed my life so much. That's so sad. Like she helped me. And because of her, my life got so much better. Right. And in that moment, something in me shifted and it just became apparent to me. Like it's, we all know this, but we don't fully know it. Right. That whatever energy and time we've, 
we've contributed to the, how our life is now, it doesn't mean just because we've incurred all of these energetic and time um, expenses that this is how we need to continue. We can actually choose to create it differently. And even though change sometimes seems difficult or challenging or it brings up fear for humans because we don't like change. That's right. just how we are built. Our psychology just doesn't like it right? because um, we can't control it. But once we realize that it is in our power to actually design it and that we're not at the mercy of whatever happens outside of us and we can design it, yeah, things start shifting. And that's when we become creators of our experience and we take responsibility right. for right. everything that happens in our life. Right. I think that like one of the things that you mentioned is the whole idea of responsibility. Like I think that, you know, I definitely have clients and friends and of course family members that um, have not, I think, reached that awareness because I look at it as an awareness. Um, mm -hmm. Either, you know, something in our life, pain or pleasure kind of triggers that awareness or even you know, I believe in God. So like maybe God helps flip the switch kind of that makes yeah. us have that moment where we're like, wow, I created this and there's some responsibility. And then I don't, a lot of people understand it after it happens, but that's actually when we get our power back because then we know that we are co-creators and not just yes. like victims of things that have happened to us. Yeah. And it sounds like in that moment you became such, so aware of that power in your life. Absolutely. And if I may add to that, yeah. you know, so many people, me in, like included during that time, we react. Mm -hmm. We react to what we've been told we should do and be and have. And we react to what people say to us. And it was just a constant reaction. There is not much creation. And what I've noticed is that word responsibility, if we divide it up, it's response ability. So the ability to respond right. versus re-enacting what has been in the past. Because right. what we usually do is react. If we react, like that instant reaction basically is just um, something that's been conditioned mm -hmm. based on something that we've done oh, in the past. So it's just drawing upon what has happened in the past and redoing that now. It's reenacting that. And oftentimes that can be found in the childhood. We don't even know anymore what had happened. So it's just this autopilot response that we have. But if we start really reflecting on ourselves and we start reflecting on why am I actually doing this? Why do I feel this way? Why do I say this? Or why do I feel this? That's when we become conscious, like you say, that we can actually respond in a different way and that this response is completely in our control. Right. And that's when things start changing, really. I, I completely agree because I think um, similarly, like with the mindfulness practice, I love that about it because it helps you um, pause mm. and not be so reactive because we do, I could relate so much about, um, in the beginning you were talking about good girl and good girl. I call it good girl syndrome gone bad is when you become the martyr. And that's how we have yeah. like, all of these things. Like I see it in clients, lack of boundaries and standards and getting ourselves into situations where our, 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 
we're unable to say no, um, where we have mama guilt. Like it just, it really, it really can like create a bigger, a bigger thing because we are conditioned to being yes people. And I mm -hmm. think as we get older and that pattern condition, that pattern keeps going, then it's like you're saying, it's conditioned thinking and we keep reacting and, and having the same mode of thinking and patterning. So our lives starts <laughs> looking exactly the way we may not want it to look. And until we do that self-examination along with pausing and reflecting to be like, wow, how do I want to respond? Or after a response that didn't quite feel good, asking those questions and investigating. So I am, I'm totally with you. I completely agree. And what that reminds me of is also so often we want other people to make us happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Basically we don't realize it though, but we all do it in so many ways where it's like, Oh, you said this and now I'm offended. And it's like, because you acted that way. Now I'm not happy anymore. <laughs> 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 you should be doing something different so that I can just stay happy. And this sounds funny, but it happens in so many, like, especially in our close relationships, yeah. people become such a mirror. Like everyone is a mirror to us all the time, but we are so emotionally involved in our close relationships. And that's when it becomes so apparent, like, oh, my partner should be this way. And then I will feel happy. Or if he does this, I don't feel happy. He should be doing something else. And when we become mindful and aware that we basically actually we hold trauma, we hold emotion and we interpret what that other person is doing as that person is doing it to us. But just because we have this inner reaction again, right? Right. So no, that's, that's really, that's really interesting. And it makes me think about um, how we're not taught these things in school. Mm. So, <laughs> you know, like, we're taught, I feel like, I, I feel like, and I, and I'm having this almost deja vu sometimes experience now being a mother and seeing my little guy start to get, you know, mm -hmm. social, social cues from people and, um, you know, even wanting to fit in all of these things because it's, unless we're taught to check in with ourselves and to affirm ourselves and not seek affirmation, we live in a society mostly where we are judged by like the outer and kind of performance. So as a result, we're expecting people to perform for us as well. It's really like mind bending. Like when I realized this, I was like, wow, like no one taught me not, you know what I mean? How would I have known? It wasn't until obviously years of therapy and coaching and, and all, you know, and just being interested in this type of thing and wanting to have better yeah. relationships with myself, with my child, with, you know, partners that I realized, oh, wow, we're not really taught that we're supposed to love ourselves and that mm. it's not about the outer or the external affirmation. It's not about getting that A anymore. Mm. As a result, the other person, it's not about getting that A. Mm -hmm. Each of us have to take, you know, accountability for ourselves and our, and our health and our happiness and learn how, learn what that means for ourselves. And it's, it's yeah. been really mind blowing to see that and how society is really kind of flipped inside out or outside in, whatever. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. And also, I mean, what we're talking about is basically triggers, right? Like we get triggered by other people and their behavior, but the trigger comes from that childhood wound. Mm -hmm. So it's only ours. If we didn't have the wound, we wouldn't get triggered at all. So basically what you're saying in in my mind, it's also why don't we get the tools so that we can heal ourselves and that we can reflect on ourselves and actually become sovereign human beings (laughs) that can go through life um, with a certain level of just self-mastery and self-love and self-worth, right? Right. And what I also like, what that brings me to is also how now relationships become so disposable nowadays. Like mm. even like in the younger generation, when, you know, you get triggered or something isn't good or, you know, you have unpleasant feelings, you think the relationship isn't good. So you should end the relationship and find someone else. But the thing is that the unpleasant feeling doesn't come from the outside. The unpleasant feeling comes from your inside that you're carrying this wound. So you will always keep attracting someone else who will um, like kind of dig into that wound again. And you will feel that unpleasant feelings again until they're healed because it's a reminder of, Hey girl, you know, there's something (laughs) that needs a little bit of healing, maybe a little bit of TLC. (laughs) No. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, the funny thing is, is I've had recently a couple conversations, even on the show with like quote unquote relationship or dating experts Mm. and, Mm -hmm. um, and definitely from, a like an attraction manifestation, like energy perspective. And, both of them, male and female, were agreeing with the idea of people being disposable and how relationships truly require us to do our inner work and what ends up happening, especially in this swipe left, swipe right society that we have now with apps. And um, a lot of people just think, oh, well, it's something wrong with them. Again, not really turning within and being like, wow, why is this person triggering me? Or why do I keep attracting these same partners? Or um, why do I keep ending up in the same type of relationships that end very similarly or just in flames? Like, maybe I should stop and pause and, and look at the things that I still um, need to heal and take it, mm-hmm. you know, take it as clues to do my own work. So definitely, like, this conversation is so much in alignment with what I'm hearing from both clients as well as from experts that are talking about relationship, especially between um, male and female or partnerships in that way. Yeah, I can imagine. So so jumping in, I want to talk to you about, I think it is, you know, you said finding your soul purpose. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm always curious about that conversation. I definitely believe that, you know, all of us that are on this earth right now, God gave us a purpose and a calling and a reason why we're here. And it's as unique as our blueprint or our fingerprint kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I love to have these conversations around soul purpose. What do you think soul purpose is? Well, for me, it means that our soul, basically that limitless part of us that is ever existing outside of time and space and our third dimensional experience (laughs) here. (laughs) Um, I personally believe in reincarnation. I don't know. How about you? Do you believe in reincarnation? Um, I'm not sure that I believe in reincarnation, but um, I don't, I don't, I I definitely believe that energy once created is never destroyed. Um, How that ends up manifesting back. I, 
I yeah. leave it to other people to have those answers. Well, I guess we all have our own answers depending on yeah. what resonates with us. There is no right or wrong in the end. And it's not like one model of the world. It's the right model. I was just checking in with you. Like if I say that, that I don't offend you. <laughs> oh, no, you don't offend me. No, you're fine. <laughs> okay. okay, amazing. So for me, it's really our soul um, is this, well, essence, our essence, basically, that is light, that is God, that is spirit, whatever we call it, this infinite intelligence. And it's that purest part of us that is basically part of the whole of all that is. Because for me, either everything is spiritual and everything is God or nothing is. Not, to right. me, there is no, oh, if you do this, it's spiritual. And if you do that, you're not spiritual. I, I kind of, I'm allergic to that conversation of what is spiritual or not. And this kind of fake spirituality, in my opinion, when people believe that if they wear crystals, now they're spiritual. And if they don't wear crystals, they're not. So when you look at that part of you, that never ending part that exists outside of time and space, for me, that is the soul that is. And the soul basically, um, to me personally, originated at some point in time from that essence that everything is, that all that is. And when we, our souls though, like the work that I do in that origin, in that moment, they already hold um, certain qualities that, that are gifts, like soul gifts. And sometimes, you know, it could be the, the gift of communication or the gift of uh, divine love or the gift of truth, like speaking truth, seeing truth or divine wisdom. Like there are different ways um, that our soul carries gifts mm -hmm. and through incarnation. Now we're at that topic, <laughs> but we basically, um, we have more experiences and we get to experience ourselves and live these gifts in our lives. To me, basically each one of us has certain gifts already imprinted in our soul that we are very, um, skilled at expressing and when we express them in our truest way in alignment with the, our soul when we live in this alignment with our soul everything becomes more easy it becomes easy to attract abundance it becomes easy to serve it becomes easy to just flow gracefully through life using these gifts to be in alignment with the essence of all that is and really the essence of all that is god in my opinion wants us to have everything, wants us to be yes. abundant, wants us to be happy, wants us to be healthy. So if we can access that alignment of really pure good, let's say, that's when we're fully living our purpose. Right. And to me, like when we, well, are you emphasizing that by just throwing down the camera? Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> camera luckily is still on you. <laughs> okay. Um, and, you know, when we look at that, that way that basically living our soul purpose means that we are in full alignment with who we are on that soul level. For me, the life purpose, because sometimes there is this difference between life purpose and soul purpose and what does it mean and what's the difference in the end. Right. To me, the purpose of life is just to experience ourselves and to actually live and to say yes and no to experiences and to see how that makes us feel and just to keep going and flowing through life and enjoying the experience, you know, just um, being present and just 
yeah, you know, to me, many spiritual people, they try to ex escape the third dimension because it's heavy and it's, I get that it's heavy. It's a heavy energy and it's, it's a very physical energy, obviously. Right. And our souls remember that pure divine unconditional love that we come from <laughs> that feels so ethereal and free and easy while everything here on earth is a little bit conditional. So I get that there is this desire, but in the end being here, what I've come to realize, because I've had that desire in the beginning as well, where I just wanted to meditate all day long and just have this, just get out of the experience basically because everything felt so heavy and painful. But the more I progress on my path, I realized that actually being here is a big gift because it's right. such a short period of time and we have free will. We get to experience ourselves. We can make choices. Like we can do crazy things. We can eat cake like that. We can't do that <laughs> when we're just a soul. <laughs> you know. And it's just being here and having these experiences um, in my opinion, <clears throat> is the big, big gift. And I do uh, also work around, um, you know, going into past lives and clearing stuff from past lives. Whatever you believe, this could also be just a symbolical way of your unconscious mind to talk to you and give you clues, totally. depending on your worldview. Um, but for me, that is actually a real thing. <laughs> and when we look at what does a soul actually keep throughout all the lifetimes that we live and it's only experience, it's memories. We don't keep, you know, stuff um, that we accumulate, but actually the experiences that we have, this is what's valuable to our soul because that gets stored in our soul as a memory and as an experience. And it shapes us either in a way that it empowers us, or maybe sometimes that there were choices that have blocked us and, yeah, choices that we've made that disempowered us. So yeah, just, I just want to share that because sometimes I just see people living the same day over and over again. Like I did back in corporate, I was just living the same day and you could have asked me, what did you do three months ago? I don't know. I just went to work and I don't even know what, what that specific thing was that I was working on during that time. And so everything just becomes a blur and we spend so much time yeah living the same day whereas our soul actually is dying a little bit because it's like come on give me experiences give me something that i can thrive on that that can contribute to my growth because our soul wants to grow and experience itself and it's, it grows through experience basically i love i love that and I, I i completely agree especially when thinking about all of our unique like talents and gifts i know some of the things that you had mentioned were like some people have like gifts of communication. Some people have like gifts of wisdom. And if you're going every day to a job or a career in, in essence where you're not living your truth because you've been taught to essentially live someone else's truth, your soul is crying. I mean, your soul is literally crying out. And, you know, yeah. so many women, you know, and I'm sure you have clients too that are wondering, why do I feel unfulfilled. I have all the things. I have the job. I have the money. I might have the husband or even the kid, but yet I'm not happy. And usually yeah. it's a lack of soul alignment. It's a lack of being in the right purpose and, and being aligned with your gifts. And I, I really feel like that just takes away a lot of the joy of life because, um, you know, we're all, there's always going to be things that happen, but when we're in flow and in alignment and doing kind of what we're, I feel like gifted to do, 
then it's mm-hmm. going to, things are going to flow to us. We're going to naturally attract and be in alignment with our abundance. I think you mentioned that as well. Um, yeah. And not pushing so uphill, things would be more in flow. Mm. Yeah, and that actually brings me to the conversation around feminine and masculine energy. Right? When you, because when you say pushing, right? Yeah. Because we are, as women, we also come into this society that's been designed by men. And in school, we are already conditioned to fail. Like there is this whole system of how you're failing all the time because you're not having an A or whatever. You're not doing things right. So you're already from an early age, you're conditioned. Okay, you need to perform and there is achievement and, you know, you're failing. And when we then like that's but that's what we do all the time. We go to school and then we go to university and then we go to a job and it's like constantly the same theme. Like we constantly need to perform for someone else yes. and someone else's standard. And we use this principle of force. Like we force ourselves and we it's this masculine energy of direction, like you know, strategy and planning and we get taught all right. of these tools. And th- the funny thing is that actually now it seems that women can oftentimes use these tools a lot better than men, which is interesting. <laughs> They're studying them. We have to study them. <laughs> yeah, but in the end, we apply them yeah, so much better. <laughs> Probably because we've studied them so yeah. intensely. <laughs> but, that's my, that's but my guess. You know, sometimes when you study and you, when you study and you really try to learn something, then you can often, if you apply it, do a really good job versus like taking it for granted. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So true. And, but the, the feminine way is actually around magnetism and attracting and just being like the masculine way is doing. And I still remember when I went into that startup, it was all about doing, 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 don't think, don't think too much, minimal viable product. Just this, just keep doing. It was all this masculine energy, which was also fun. I mean, it's not good or bad, but in the end it kind of led me to just, yeah being like drained in energy because there was little being and then i incorporated being through meditation um but it's kind of like you kind of then have to create that balance in your life so that you don't burn out but what if you could actually live a life where you don't have to create two um pillars basically where you compensate but where you can actually use your feminine energy and that intuition to know the path, know the guidance, tap into what is really true to you. And through that wisdom, then use masculine energy to go and do and go create. And then again, go within and see, okay, is this the right path? Is this aligned? How do I need to modify it? And then again, taking action and just having that flow within yourself where you can incorporate it in your life and in your business and just be in alignment without having to be misaligned and then just kind of coping with that misalignment a little bit with meditation. Right. What do you think? I, I, I think, well, let me say this. What are you seeing as some of the blocks for women and working in that divine feminine and working kind of with more or less our natural energy? I think the biggest block is really self-worth and self-love. Mm-hmm. And even not um, realizing it or not um, acknowledging, you know, oftentimes when people say, oh, you need self-love and they're like, oh, no, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't really need that. Or it sounds so fluffy and it sounds so weird and it doesn't, 
you know, when you come from corporate, it's like, ugh, what is that? Like, even back in the day, like years ago, if someone had told me I need self-love, I would have probably been like, uh, that, that doesn't sound like something that I need. <laughs> no, I come across the same thing. I don't need self-love and I don't need gratitude. I get, I'm, I'm good on both of those. I do fine on them. And I'm like, but yeah. Then start, but then when you start undoing some of the layers, that's yeah. when people start seeing, wow, I didn't even know there was actually more love I could be giving myself or there's actually more, you know, gratefulness in there and more worth than I'm giving myself credit for. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what I've realized, I don't know if like, I'm just going to take the conversation that direction now. <laughs> I hope this will serve. No, I talk about self-love a lot. And so these topics. So Yes. Please. No, it's just, you know, what came to mind to me. And I always like to go with the pictures and the images that I get because I trust that this is actually what needs to be said. So back in corporate, you know, I got promotions every six months because I had absolutely no problem asking for them. I had colleagues that never asked for promotions. I'm like, why don't, if you don't ask, you don't get it. <laughs> why would you ask? And so I keep getting my promotions. And if you look at money, it would be a symbol of your self-worth, right? So the more money you make, the more you, you value yourself, basically. That's the more you can contain and hold. And to me, it was such a mystery that in corporate, I kept getting promotions and I was really making a great income. And then when I started my own business, suddenly I had all these things around money, like, it was so hard for me to ask for money suddenly. And wow. I discounted my value and the value of the products and the value of my services. And money was just suddenly a thing. Like it's never, it had never been a thing in my life ever. And suddenly it was. And then I realized that in corporate, it wasn't around me feeling worthy. It wasn't that I thought I necessarily deserved it so much but it came from that energy of I was being a good girl I deserve my treat basically and to be honest I was more being a slave girl if we really look at it like most of us slave and the other thing was look I'm spending so much time of my life here like I'm giving so much that I feel you need to compensate me you need to give something back to me so it was a very different energy where it was more around, you know, I've given to you, you, you give back to me now, like almost like a little bit angry. <laughs> <laughs> and that doesn't work when you start your spiritual business and you're really in, um, starting to be in soul alignment and living your purpose. But that of, of course doesn't work because you're here to serve. You want to help people. And that's when all these self-worth, self-love, um, while you're doing your own services and what you put out um, suddenly becomes present and apparent. And where I just see that many women um, need to learn to let it be good enough and let themselves be good enough and start being so hard on themselves. That's what I see. A lot of pressure, a lot of being beating yourself up, a lot of just yeah, it's not good enough and I'm not good enough. And this is all childhood trauma in the end, um, what we've learned, but just really accepting ourselves and our gifts in where we are at right now and finding what we vibrate with at that moment in time and just allowing ourselves to receive that receiving sometimes is a really big thing where we just allow ourselves to be worthy, to be good enough. 
to have um, worth and that our gifts have worth and that we're yes. delivering that and that we can receive for that. Yes. We're so conditioned, especially as women, I think, to just give, 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 give. Like giving is easy because we're constantly performing and giving and achieving, but then actually receiving is so hard. Right. No, I love what you're saying too, because I mean, I definitely saw it as well, even in my own, even in my own business, because yes, I do coaching and speaking, but I also am an attorney. And so I saw that, wow, it's really easy to be like, no, it's this much an hour. This is what I charge, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then in this field is like, oh, people would say that's expensive. And then I would shrink for a while mm. and, and think, oh, well, maybe I'm not helping or maybe I'm not, you know, no, maybe they're just not my ideal market. Like I've come to learn, but it, that's a progression in terms of valuing ourselves and not needing that outer. I feel like once again, that outer validation, because it's very, mm -hmm. it's also mindset work too. It's heart work and it's mindset work. But part yeah. of it is, comes from the idea that, especially when we're in corporate or we're in um, jobs where people know they need our services. And what I mean by that is like, a lot of what um, it seems like in the coaching world, it seems like we're selling um, an intangible. I think a lot of times, especially in the beginning, that although we're skilled and we're gifted in it, a lot of women at the deep core don't believe it's as valuable as that legal brief or as valuable as that most viable product that they help produce at the corporate job. Mm -hmm. Even yeah. though they know that it transforms lives, it's been hard for them to decide what the dollar sign is attached to that because only they can decide, yes. right? Absolutely. You become, you become the value creator in all sense of the word. Like that's mm -hmm. so, so powerful. You become mm -hmm. the value, value creator versus allowing your value to be dictated by what society already says you know, lawyers charge this, managers at banks get paid this. Mm -hmm. And so now it's wide open. It truly is like, especially in some of these, you know, arenas where women are going into business for themselves as healers, um, as speakers, as coaches. It's like, no, you get to decide. That's the beauty. It's also the challenge and the work. Absolutely. Yeah. But in the end, it's, it's all about, what do you vibrate at? What's your frequency that you allow in the, the, at this moment in time? Mm -hmm. And of course, it can um, go up and up and up over time. The more you prove to yourself, maybe yes. sometimes that helps like when you get the results and you actually see how it transforms and then you can raise your prices over time. But it's really in the end, it's just vibration. Like you could start off charging 100,000 for your services. It really doesn't matter because money is only a vibration. I just agree. if we believe that right. that is too much or we're not worthy of that. Like, that's what I mean. Like if, yeah. if you think, okay, a hundred thousand, that's a hundred thousand for a session. People would say that's madness. Like that's <laughs> so crazy. Like <laughs> out of this world, crazy. Right. But in the end, well, if that's what you vibrate at and that's in full alignment with who you right. are, just imagine what a result the person that invests in that session would get out of it. If they invest so much of their intention and energy into this one session, it probably like that would probably be the most transformative session of their life. <laughs> On so many levels. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because they're showing up with so much of themselves. And I think many people, that's why we always need to choose is the other person buying into my story or am I buying into the other person's story? Because if I'm buying into the other person's story of, oh, that's expensive and I can't mm -hmm. afford it and of whatever other victim thoughts exactly. are going on, okay, that person is just not committed, really. Yeah, they're not like, ready. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're not committed to getting the result. So right. I, I can't get the result for them. I can hold space and do all the, you know, the tools and stuff with them. But if they're not ready, like, how, how would they ever get a result? They can't. Right. Because it's their work. Yeah. It's their and energy. That's part of one of the big steps, I think, um, is investing in yourself, taking those risks, making those commitments, and stepping forward sometimes in an area where your soul or heart is leading, but your mind might be freaking out because mm -hmm. you're doing something new. Yeah. Um, yes. But it's, it's a part of that trusting yourself. And I actually believe that that is one of the first parts of the transformation. Um, Cause when it's too easy, they don't, people often don't commit or don't value it. Unfortunately, yes. unfortunately, or fortunately, however you look at it. But <laughs> I know as a, as a person who has walked, I think, I think in integrity as a person who's walked the path, who's, who's gone down the coaching path, who's paid coaches, who's paid therapists, all of these things, there is value. I have felt shifts actually before the work started just in making that decision. Oh, yeah. I don't want to spend it. What if it doesn't even work? And then deciding, you know what? I'm doing it anyway. And yeah. I, like life started moving even from that decision. And we, and I yeah. hadn't even started per se the program because yeah. actually it's like life school. Like it's, that's part of it. And, yeah. and I think until you get to that point and are able to like step knowing that, like take that first step knowing the stairs going to appear kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really part yeah. of it. Also reminds me of, you know, it also depends on how do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as that person who invests in that mentor and in that program and who actually steps up mm -hmm. and, or do you see yourself more as the person who believes in all the limitations and, um, and lack and once you actually make that decision, like you say, like I'm going to invest and I'm going to step up and you're actually like moving your energy to a yes. higher vibration because yes. you're seeing yourself as that new persona, as that new person, it shifts your energy already into that higher vibration, into that level. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So um, tell me a little bit about your book. You have a book called The Answers Within. I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, it's basically a book that I've channeled. It f flew, <laughs> flew through me, <laughs> but it also flowed through me in just two weeks time. I just committed wow. to the book. It was, it was so pressing at that moment in time. You know how we sometimes have feelings of, oh, I should be writing a book. And then your ego kicks in is like, uh, why you really like, why would you write a book? What do you have to say? <laughs> and right. All of these stories. But I felt it was, it was just ripe and it was there. And I, I said, okay, I'm committing commitment again. And I just carved out two weeks and I focused on it completely. And I, yeah. And it just flowed through me. It really feels like still, when I look at it, it doesn't really feel like I wrote it, <laughs> which is kind of fascinating to me. But the book is basically about helping you find your soul purpose and igniting your spiritual powers, which would be 
your intuition and really tapping into that inner feminine knowing and guidance so that you can use that as your inner compass as you follow your purpose through life and start building that new yeah your your new design your life anew that's that's what it's about and it gives you a lot of exercises and self-reflection exercises and like it's just really more of a, a toolbox um, while the energy of the words and the energy of the content actually already, it works on your energy field. Um, but it's also about self-inquiry and really going within to find the answers for you, for your life on how you want to live and how, you know, what's just important to you. What are your gifts? What are you here? What are you here to express? And tapping back into that energy of allowing and just being attuned to your soul, um, listening to your soul guidance on what action steps are really necessary and for you to just make that shift. I love that. I love that. So, and I think it's so useful because there's so many people and um, I think you and I are, are more called to women, but there are so many people and women especially that need that extra help. And um, I feel like often that permission to be seeking more and wanting to mm. know themselves more and have, and it's okay to want more. It's okay to want more exactly. out of life, right? Like even your initial question, like you can, you created this, you can create something differently. Like, this is okay. For some reason, I'm unfulfilled, but it's, oh, and I'm still grateful, but it's okay mm -hmm. for me to want more. There's okay for me to be open yeah. to the more that I know that is available to me. And, to and I think, yeah. oh, sorry. Yeah. That's okay. Um, I think we only judge it when we believe that more means, um, like you say, we're ungrateful mm -hmm. and, and uh, we want more stuff. But really what I find is what women nowadays when they're awakening and when they're going on the self-actualization journey is that they don't want more stuff necessarily. Sometimes, yeah, we want um, an easier life, a more abundant life, but we don't just want to be handed it. Like we want to serve, like we want to live our purpose. We want to give and receive abundantly for that. So there is an exchange of giving and receiving. But what we most want, what I find is really that sense of being fully connected to ourselves yeah. and being on that path of purpose and just feeling like our life has meaning. And that more is absolutely valid because we're feeling that call from our soul. So many women probably like in our um, tribes, they are being, you know, they are awakening on some level. They're doing meditation. They're going to yoga. They're trying to reconnect with their true self. And this is the path, like they're starting to open up to that and to find these things relevant and soothing because their soul is guiding them on a new path in life and because they're called to give and to serve and to share their light in a bigger way. And that's when this desire comes up where it's like, oh, I meant for more. I need to do, like, not do more, but bring out more of myself and show up in a bigger way. But from that wholeness, of ourselves and that's when we come back to okay how how do we become whole right. but we've got to understand who are we really and heal ourselves and then again we're at the the topic of self-love and self-worth right. and just really accepting ourselves and serving from that higher path right. and that more it has so much value and it's not just you know when people say oh you know 
now I have this TV, but I want more because I want the bigger one. That's not what it is about. And we need to be really mindful that we see them more as really something that has more meaning and more purpose and contributes more to the world. Because I'm sure also your clients, they want to have just a bigger impact, a positive impact on the world. And, And that's what we feel called to do. Like when I was in corporate, I thought, yeah, this is a fashion company. It's so hip. (laughs) <laughs> so cool <laughs> I love it um, but at the same time I knew women can get really determined when they're looking for high heels like they don't really need my help to optimize this website to a T so that becomes easy that's not going to make a big difference in anybody's life and I wanted to make a big difference in people's lives and I knew that wasn't the path nothing wrong with doing that that's right. a that's a great way of expressing yourself and if that's an alignment and if that's where you're at right now perfect right But if there is something else and something more and you want to explore that, I think it's just really important to recognize that this desire within us and this calling within us is really our soul call to step up and to expand ourselves to maybe a universe that is so much bigger than the conditioned world that we have been shown up until that point. Right. Yeah. I encourage encourage us all, you know, to continue to break out of the boxes, whichever boxes those are. Usually, like you're saying, the ones that were created in our childhood or, you know, through our educational systems or society in general. But when we start having Mm -hmm. those um, inner desires, and especially when it's like consistent, we have a consistent draw to something or a consistent kind of nudge. I really encourage us as women to listen to them, start asking it, and then, you know, walk the path, just continue walking the path. So Thank you so much, Sharon, for um, coming on today and sharing so much wisdom around soul purpose. I loved all the conversation around good girl and childhood. That's definitely something that I talk about with my clients. Oh my gosh. And we did not, we did not know we were going to go down that vein. And, that no. <laughs> and then just talking about, you know, the self-love piece and um, yeah, and so much more. So thank you so much. Um, are there any particular programs right now or ways that um, you'd like for women to get in touch with you to work with you? Well, what's special at the moment is that I'm offering a free PDF copy of my book. If someone is interested on my website, SharonKirsten.com at the moment, so they could download that and well, get a firsthand experience with it. Well, thank you so much. I'm encouraging you all, all the listeners to go check that out um, and, you know, take those little nudges as kind of intuitive guidance to continue on the path to have more of whatever it is that you're seeking for your own fulfillment. Thank you so much again, Sharon. um, And thank you so much for listening. And this has been this episode of the Mind Soulful Show. And I can't wait to talk with you next. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes and subscribe. I'd love to continue the Mind Soulful flow. Please connect with me at my website at brooksitney.com or everywhere around the web, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Sydney. And for my lady listeners who need a little self-love and self-care time, as well as luxury, pampering, and yoga and meditation, I invite you to join me at the Mind Soulful Self-Love Yoga and Meditation Retreat, which will be held in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico on October 11th through the 14th, 2019. Visit brooksitney.com for more information.
And of course, for those of you who know you want more inner and outer abundance, apply to work with me. That information is available on my website. Until the next episode, cheers to loving yourself more and the life you are presently living.